This is your Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story is three arrests were made in the case of the Mormon massacre in Mexico. The details are sketchy about the arrests, and as I tried to investigate beyond the mainstream media in this country, I found it was all in Spanish. And despite my name, I cannot speak Spanish at all. So I really don't know what the story is with those arrests, but I certainly came upon a lot of other information about what's happening in Mexico. And maybe actually I'm wrong to say it's a top story. Binkley, have you seen this story and the headlines this morning? I have not. Yeah, I think it's a, I should call it a very big story, but it, I believe it is highly underreported because I think it's going to have a big impact, certainly potentially. Let me tell you what's going on. So the violence in Mexico is certainly what we're hearing of it is, it is skyrocketing and we're hearing some very dramatic tales. We had this Mormon family massacre, which by the way, is a little screwy because we are like a big element of this is that they are dual citizens. So they're American citizens. So we, as if we have some right to protect American citizens who voluntarily live in a different country, but they're dual citizens. And this family left the U S almost a hundred years ago to engage in, in practice that was illegal here, polygamy in the seventies and eighties. There was a, they were led by this guy, uh, Irville LeBaron, that's the name of the family, who was uh, conducted a series of killings that there was actually a documentary made of it. So in the 70s and 80s, their family was led by a, basically a serial killer. And they are all described as having dual citizenship, but dual citizenship with Mexico wasn't even legal until 1998. So they all got dual citizenship after they were basically outlaws. So I find that a little sketchy. I don't know who they are, what they're doing there, but I don't like that. Uh, But that's not the only major violent story that we've heard coming out of there. There was one crazy picture on Fox News homepage talking about heavily armed guys breaking into a hospital, dealing a patient and dismembering him. Also, over the weekend was a, uh, a supposedly 14 armored vehicles, including some with a drug cartel logo on them. Wait, who's, yes. they stole a body and dismembered it? A human being, a patient. Is there any more that information about that? Like person's why or body, who it is? No. no, these are just atrocity propaganda things that are floating across Fox News today. Foxnews.com today. Like So as I was investigating the story... I was clicking through the sensationalistic headlines and I was finding all this stuff. So I've got one more. So over the weekend, so it is it is today or yesterday, the one year anniversary of this president who said our kids are are involved in this black market drug trade because they're neglected and we need to help them hugs, not guns or whatever. So he's been in office one year and in celebration of his anniversary, there was this crazy event where 14 Armored vehicles, including some with cartel logos on them, are uh, riddled a town hall 40 miles south of the U.S. border with bullets for 90 minutes. 
And then they were chased for hours by the Mexican government in helicopters and stuff. So I don't understand where the helicopters were when all this was going on. It's a crazy story. But when I was reading about the story, which I heard on Fox News today on Sirius or whatever, like on the TV. It must have taken 90 minutes for them to get to the crime scene if they were shooting for 90 minutes. Yes, in helicopters. Yeah. So 40 miles from the U.S. border is is so remote. We, I mean, that this is where it's leading to, though, when we're – this is all leading to us getting involved directly. Yeah. So as I read this, it said – it said, oh, drug cartel crime has been escalating wildly as the cartels have splintered. And I'm thinking, why would cartels splinter? This guy is not, this president is not taking out the capos. That's what he's being criticized for. Well, it ends up that we have a law called the National, uh, something like the Kingpin designation foreign narcotics kingpin designation act where we're allowed to take the kingpins out so that's what we're doing and this is why they say the war on drugs creates the violence not just because of their black markets but because and they can't like use cops or courts or any of that to enforce minor dealings they have to just use violence but these these guys have when you take out the heads of the families that add stability, you have all the lower level guys fighting for dominance within the family or against other families. So that's what's happening right now. In addition, so this, the the president did establish a 70,000 person national guard that he was going to use to address the gun violence or the drug violence. But for some reason, through a deal with Trump or the Trump administration, a lot of that manpower has been diverted to the migrant issue. So a lot of things that we're doing are the things that are responsible for this escalation. And we're about to do something that might even make that worse, which is this. This is what Trump has been talking about. This is the goal of what's going on right now, it seems like, because Trump says he's been working on this for 90 days. And this massacre, Mora massacre, only happened 30 days ago or less. So what they're working on is to designate these cartels as foreign, uh, as terrorist organizations. And what that will do, a terrorist organization has to be designated specifically. So if there are dozens or even hundreds of minor cartels and you designate specifically the big ones, you make that problem of like decapitating the families much, much worse because then you have all these minor ones fighting it out while they still have the opportunity that you created by taking out the big guys. That's a big problem with this. There's a few other problems. Uh, one so is that – That's yeah. what they say when they always say in the media that it creates a vacuum, a, a power vacuum. Yes, exactly, which is what they say you don't want, but yeah. this is what they're doing, and it's not unintended. It's quite foreseeable. I, I claim that anything that is clearly foreseeable can't be unintended, or at least it's reckless with regard to that outcome, uh, but it, has, it, will have, it will have implications for us, too, because if drug dealers in our inner cities have drugs that are sourced from uh, south of the border and and those sources might be considered terrorists, then these guys can be prosecuted under the Terrorist Act or whatever it's called. And that means that they can get like a hundred, uh, they can get life sentences for relatively minor things. Now, this is just another 
It's like the it's like the um that chick, that Arizona senator who wants to make domestic terrorism terrorism or designate domestic terrorism and um like AG Barr wants to impose the death sen- sentence more often. I think this is all about having more power for the plea bargain because nothing gets to trial. It's all plea bargain stuff. So uh so that will strengthen the hand of prosecutors for drug crimes here just when we supposedly are easing up on our drug laws. It could strengthen some asylum cases of people trying to escape that terrorism. So like the people coming across the border could actually have more of a right to come over. And then they're also, they also reduce the financial transaction, the ability for these cartels to use the financial system, which again creates more black market activity, more money laundering, stuff like that. But the most important thing about all of this is, is that the Mexican government has said they object to this designation because it could affect investments in the country. It's like a very important part of their economy, I guess. Tourism, because it may either make them look bad or make things worse. But they fear, and this is where I think it's all going, they fear that it will lead to unilateral U.S. action in Mexico. And I think that's exactly what this is all headed to. That's why it's close to the border. That's why they have dual citizens. And when you look at how they deal with terrorist, so-called terrorist activity in the Middle East, they use it as an excuse for us to violate the sovereignty of other countries. I think they don't like this guy. They want to do the USMCA thing, and they want to be able to go for what they call interoperability of these police forces across the border. And the U.S., not the USDA, not the beef, but the— that's the CDA. that's the union, right? The like the North American Union stuff you were talking about. The USMCA, yes, I talked about last week. It's the it's the Mexico Canada US thing where once that thing gets launched, it's basically autonomous and it answers to international organizations. It's a stepping stone, if not the beginning and end of an EU type union in North America, which if it were anyone but Trump. And him coming out with his, like, I'm against TPP, I'm against this, I'm against that. No one else could get away with it. But he he's getting away with it. It will take a Republican. That is, like, definitely the hashtag of USMCA. Unless he gets impeached, right? Nope. It'll happen anyway. It'll happen anyway. It doesn't matter. Yep. Well, I was welcomed back to the news after Thanksgiving with... Now that Thanksgiving's over, impeachment is back because, you know, that's what everybody wanted to come back to because we're dying for more impeachment. Impeachment pie. Peach pie was the. uh, I'm sure some doofus made an impeachment pie at their Hollywood, their uh, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Everybody who eats peach pie on on Georgia will be uh, pro impeachment. I would have no piece of that pie if someone brought that to my table. Brief update on impeachment. I thought it was funny is the headlines earlier were about how Trump has until Friday to decide if he's going to defend himself because Nadler sent out a letter. And if he doesn't do it by Friday, apparently they're releasing an impeachment report, even though impeachment hasn't happened. There's just an inquiry that's gone on. I know. I know. Releasing a report and they're giving (laughs) Trump until Friday to defend himself. Of course, he's not going to. So look for that report to be blown up as though it's something, as though it's like the Mueller report, even though they don't even know if they're going to go forward with impeachment yet, according to Pelosi and them. So just 
more PR stuff to spin the public mind and the conversation around impeachment yesterday and today, especially on the Sunday shows, was all about how Fox News, which is a stand-in for all right-wing media. They, they say all right-wing media, then they say Fox News as the representative, is spreading conspiracy theories that the president is picking up and repeating the talking points of. The conspiracy theories that they were talking about were related to Soros and Ukraine and Biden and how Trump repeating these right-wing talking points, these conspiracy theories, and putting them into the public mind is the most dangerous thing that's going on right now and that they are doing the work of Vladimir Putin. This has been well, a theme were, yeah. all day yesterday, this morning, and really the past month. This is some of the clearest, most direct attempts to say that any right-wing media is conspiracy theory and it's spreading Putin's word and it needs to be shut down and shut up. There is no other narrative that is allowed. You are not oh, allowed yeah. to question. Yeah, I saw that. That um, I saw that Senator Kennedy, I think he's from Florida – was saying that we think Ukraine and Russia both interfered in the election, and there certainly was plenty of evidence that that Manafort thing. I mean, that getting him off the campaign originated in his work in Ukraine. And by the way, Zelensky came out and did an interview, which Trump said totally exonerated him, and the mainstream media is like, that is laughable. It threw him under the bus. The headline I read said, Zelensky airs his grievances with Trump. <laughs> and I read it, and he said there was absolutely no quid pro quo, Zelensky said. And he said just in general that we're at war, and it would not be cool of you to hold back aid. And that was it. I thought it was totally exonerating. Yeah, he said multiple times he wasn't coerced, and they have put the reasons out there. I've seen it multiple times on CNN. Here's why Zelensky doesn't know any better. He's too dumb. He's too new. He has no idea he's being conned, or he's he has to say that. So they just undermine anything he says. And Hillary Clinton, jumping on board with this, tweeted earlier today, Senator Kennedy, why are you parroting Russian propaganda that U.S. intelligence officers tell us are designed to divide our country? Did you miss the briefing that day? She's referring to Senator John Kennedy, his oh, yeah. appearance on Chuck Todd, where he talked about both Russia and Ukraine, as you just said. Yeah, that's exactly the one I was talking about. He's getting all sorts of flack for getting off the narrative. But the but the narrative is funny, like it gets flipped like that. Like the Zelensky thing, I think, totally exonerated Trump, totally. And the Lisa Page thing, she came out typical Blasey Ford or Yovanovitch. She was she had, did an interview in the Daily Beast where they said she was uh, the author of the article, made this, the statement that she seemed slightly crumbly around the edges like other Trump victims. And she came out saying that he deme that she's sick of Trump demeaning her and belittling her career. And after his fake orgasm at her expense, she decided it was time to come out and talk. Did you hear about this? I heard about the fake orgasm line. Did, yeah. I don't know if I saw the specific line she's talking about. I did watch one of his rallies. I believe it was Friday, maybe. And he was talking about some of that, and he did do some – I think he did make an orgasm joke. The stuff that I thought was funniest is when he said, all this impeachment stuff. It's bullshit. And then 10 seconds later, the entire crowd's going, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then they started chanting, lock her up right after that. So that was 
pretty entertaining, but <laughs> yeah, that diverted well, my just, attention from the orgasm. People do love the vulgarity. It's really getting, it's just, it's so cheap. It's like, reminds me of the family guy when Lois is trying to give a speech and she's like failing miserably. So then she just says 9-11 and yeah. everybody, <laughs> <laughs> but this, so Lisa Page was referring to an October 11th rally where he was clearly reading from a teleprompter. He was reading the texts that she and her boyfriend wrote to each other and he was reading them in a breathless way, but they were texts. So, I mean, I don't, you could say it was orgasmic, but it could just been hot and heavy, you know what I mean? It was more like sexting, I think. But in any case, she is emphasizing that. And uh, and she she she's just, she brings out this same thing that like this weird self-contradictory kind of image that they show of these women, these extremely accomplished women. It was kind of like the Starbucks guys. These guys are talking about how victimized and oppressed they are in white society and that, you know, they've been dealing with it their whole lives and they're sick of it and whatever, but they're totally traumatized by not being able to use a bathroom at a Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like surely worse things have happened to, let's say, the ambassador to Ukraine, this this international diplomat, than Trump making fun of her or whatever. But this this is even worse. Like this chick, she's an FBI lawyer, and she her skin is so thin that she's mad at him for what he's that what he's doing to her. Whereas this all started. Because she was way out of line, supposedly, if those texts are to be believed, in trying to like kind of be out to get him, which is totally inappropriate. And she ends by saying that there will be an IG report coming out soon, Inspector General report coming out soon, that will say that her personal opinion did not influence the Russia investigation, but she laments that it won't matter much to a lot of people. But this reminds me of the Roy Moore thing. How can you, how can, it doesn't, it's not worth the paper it's written on to say that it didn't have an impact. Yeah, and asking people to set aside the fact that there was a sexual relationship, it's going to be high intense emotions involved with these two agents, and act as though that's not going to have some sort of impact on the decisions they make it is absurd. Yeah, and they are, they are acting like they're the victims here. And they started it, you know, they were in that position of power and were hoping to use it against Trump and to portray her as a, a that she's being victimized because she's a woman. Yeah. And, a, and it was a sexual thing. It was inappropriate. It was they, an inappropriate relationship. Yeah, That's what he was pointing out. Peter Strzok's wife on the cover of CNN. He seems... I mean, his family history and everything, this seems like he's a total actor. I'm surprised he's married to a woman, much less having an affair with one. Like, you know, seriously, I'm not I'm not even trying to disparage him for it. I'm just saying that, like, he's not convincing me. But uh, anyway, so I'm sure we'll have more on this tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we will. This is, the, this is the soap opera portion of the show for this week, I think, the Lisa Page no, I think that you had some more soap opera stuff. Isn't 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 the Bloomberg thing becoming a soap opera? Oh yeah, Bloomberg is. 
I love the Bloomberg story because it's always they always like to take the cheap shots at Trump in the opening segments about it. Today on the show, Bloomberg, who's actually really a billionaire, has loads more money than Trump, is going to be running in the election for the Democrats. So they always throw those those shots in at Trump. But what they were talking about yesterday on CNN is they had a former editor of Bloomberg on the show, and they were talking about Bloomberg's policy, which I miss this, and I find it fascinating that everybody's just okay with this. Bloomberg, the news media organization, which is owned by Bloomberg. <laughs> right. I you know, all the that. stories are about how the right-wing media is controlled by Trump, but we have a literal <laughs> Democrat who owns a major news organization that has his name on it. In the election. Yeah, it's like Zelensky and Berlusconi, like international guys whose – Berlusconi owned the biggest papers in Italy. It's like if Rupert Murdoch became president. He'd be like, Yeah, really? there you go. <laughs> and their policy apparently is that they're not going to make fun of the boss. They're not going to investigate the boss or be hard on him. But they're also – they're going to be fair, and they're not going to criticize and investigate the other Democrat candidates as well. So they're going to be fair about it. They're only going to investigate <laughs> Trump. <laughs> so more of the same old, same old At least they bias. admit it, you know? Yes, right. I mean, it's unbelievable. One of the right. – Brian Stelter actually posed the question to the former editor saying, but isn't this the least worst-case scenario after he just did a 10-minute segment on how right-wing media is the biggest problem in the country because it's repeating Trump's talking <laughs> points or vice versa. Right. It's just unbelievable, the hypocrisy. Oh, my gosh. And there's an indivisible poll that I wanted to tell you about. It was a it was done at the end of the month, and indivisible polled about 1,000 people, and this is going to be the more left-leaning progressives that join these groups. And the person that they would vote for right now at 37% is Elizabeth Warren. Number two at 16%, Pete Buttigieg. Number three at 15%, Bernie Sanders. And then Joe Biden at number four with 12%. And Klobuchar rounding out the top five with 7%. So Elizabeth Warren with a huge lead for the far-left progressives. But isn't she – I funny, I heard and uh, something on the Fox News this morning saying that the most important state or whatever is the Tar Heel. What's the Tar Heel North state? Carolina. North Carolina. I think that's what they were saying was so he couldn't win without it and that Elizabeth Warren was the only one who couldn't beat him there. Elizabeth Warren was the only one that couldn't beat Biden in North Carolina? Sorry, Trump. Oh, Trump in North Carolina. Yeah. Sorry, oh. was that not – did I not understand the implication? I don't know, but I just thought yeah, it's that, funny. They have yeah. reasons for everyone that they're putting out in the front right now, the reason that they can't can't win. Like Budovich, who briefly was in the lead, at least they acted like he was in the lead, was taken down a notch right when they started amping up the talk about how no black people were going to support him. There's an article written in The Root about Budovich about how he's a liar and how he doesn't understand – what it's like to grow up as as a black person, which obviously he doesn't, but they're comparing now his experience as a gay person. I had a, a very irate caller call me on the air on WSB one time just saying, like, there's just no comparison. Really? That that's an offensive comparison, she said. She was African-American. I think the implications of that comparison, if it continues, I don't know that it will, 
is not good for Democrats because I think it's going to turn off and marginalize gay voters. If they're being told, no, 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 your experience is irrelevant to the experience of this other group. This is intersectionality eating itself right here. Right, which you've always predicted, but they'll figure it out. They've got everybody trained to not think for themselves. Well, I that's think. heartwarming. I think that everybody – what? That's heartwarming. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's clear – we've always – I've always noticed it in the Republican Party, but that you're going to – you're always going to support your person and never really look critically at that person because the fight against the other side is more important. And I just yeah. – I think that's how I, I, I think the Democrats are actually a little behind in that, but they're catching up. They didn't have to between be, for Obama because they really liked him. But now they're going to have to do what Jill Biden said and just suck it up, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, but I, I did want to. And Linda Sarsour uh, said a year ago. What? Vote down the Democratic line. It doesn't matter. Just vote yeah, D. Yeah, they're incarcerated persons, Ill, you know, undocumented persons. That's right. I remember that. But to speak of a, an actual policy issue, Trump signed that Hong Kong law that I was worried about, that I was talking about last week. Oh, yeah. Where it one of the most important aspects of it is that it requires an annual assessment by the State Department if Hong Kong is sufficiently autonomous from China to warrant special treatment from us and the international community, I guess. Uh, I think that's part of it, but we don't control the international community. But this is that's what we're doing. And China has reacted to it. China has reacted to it in a way that will probably make this thing backfire from what its stated consequences are, which is what I was kind of saying from the beginning. They, they, so there was a headline saying, oh, China bans the U.S. Navy from being in, uh, from docking at Hong Kong ports. But, but what was reported only halfway down that article was that China banned or sanctioned certain human rights organizations. It did mention it in the headliner towards the top, but it didn't get into which ones it was. So what they're doing, China is un, unclear, undefined what the sanctions are, but they are targeting, China is targeting in Hong Kong, the existence of the National Endowment for Democracy, first and foremost, which is exactly the organization that I first re read by Tony Cartolucci on Ron Paul Institute as being behind this all. So the Chinese are also identifying it. So let's see what else they're identifying as being part of that, uh, as being agitators. The National Democratic Institute for International Affairs, the International Republican Institute, in case you thought there was a difference, Human Rights Watch, uh, and Freedom House. So they're objecting to all of those guys operating in Hong Kong. And as they ban these organizations or sanction them or restrict them, they bring the Hong Kong laws closer to the way the laws are in mainland China, which is what I'm saying actually exacerbates the problem for Hong Kong of not being sufficiently autonomous to pass muster for getting special treatment from us and China – uh, was complaining because the protests have led to both recession and deficits in mainland Hong Kong. I mean, in Hong Kong, and uh, they blame 
they blame us. And this is the law that the protesters were celebrating, right? The one where they were holding up the picture yeah, of Trump but, with yes, Stallone's body. Definitely, yes, not going. Yes, that's funny. And he retweeted it, or what was? What well, was he that? tweeted it to begin with. No way. He started it. I believe so. This was also yeah. a subject of CNN yesterday: the meme wars. You know, as though anybody didn't know that wasn't Trump. Trump tweeted it. I'm sure somebody else made it. He probably tweeted it, and then the story on CNN anyway was Trump tweets it, and then. It makes it all the way over to Hong Kong. This is the meme wars. All the way over to Hong Kong. Isn't that basically a nanosecond? It seems like it'd be pretty quick to pull it off the internet. I'm following people in Hong Kong right now. Like that pop up in my feed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like the protest people. I just, you know, I mean... I don't, it doesn't mean anything, but I, anything they tweet, I will, I could find out instantaneously, but it is interesting what's getting out. Are they really there now that we think about it? What would you do if the CIA started following you on Twitter? Uh, they probably do. I just, they might for all you know. It is. <laughs> A lot of people are trolling me. So I have to assume some of them are new knowledge or whatever. Yeah, the expert on Russian interference. Do you want to hit the Epstein-Virginia Roberts? Oh, yes, because that, as as we go to air, I think the Virginia Roberts UK interview is probably airing. I believe it starts in one hour from now. Right, but from our yes, air time. you're right. From, by I the time we, be... we publish, yeah, it's going to be going live. Yes, yeah, so people can go look at that. But I All I saw was the excerpt, which said... That he was sweating all over her so much, it felt like rain. So, so I was, I was, and, and it he's felt lying. like rain. That's what she said. <laughs> so, so I was googling to find old images of him, like playing tennis or riding a horse, where I could see him sweat. And I couldn't find any, but I found an image which I can't believe I'd never snapped to this before. It was, I mean, straight out of an eyes wide shut scene. Did you see that picture? I saw it, yeah. That chick was in a bathing suit bottom, not a bathing suit bottom, but like some kind of black underwear with a mask on, a see-through cape where she was like totally topless. And I mean, it was out there. He did not have a mask on, but the people in the background did. It was as if that picture inspired the scene in Eyes Wide Shut, and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I've seen pictures like that out of, like, literally Rothschild mansions and stuff. I've seen it before, but this one was truly shocking. It's like that show The Masked Singer as well. Have you seen that show? No, I have seen it advertised. They have people come out wearing these Illuminati-like headpieces that look a lot like what you would see from Eyes Wide Shut, and you have to guess who the singer is, but it's really creepy and very just seems real symbolic and like some messages Ooh. being delivered there. But in that picture. It looks like it targets kids. Oh, yeah, definitely. Prince Andrew looked guilty as hell in that picture. In the picture, the eyes wide shut picture? Yes, the expression on Nervous, guilty, like stressed. He totally looked stressed. I tweeted a link to it. I wouldn't tweet the picture because it was a little too nipply for that. But yeah. I, I, I put the link on there. But I just want to point out that the articles I read about this for regarding Virginia Roberts, comparing those to the articles I read today about Lisa Page, Lisa Page was portrayed across the board as a bullied, sexually targeted 
you know, sexually harassed female. And Virginia Roberts, like, she alleges that she was an underage sex worker, but did not have sex with this guy until she was 17 and she got paid for it. Like, that's how. So, yeah, I'll leave this up to the reader. It's like, really? Because Jeffrey Epstein, such as it was worth, did go to jail for it. Right. Lisa Page sleeps with somebody else's husband. She's a victim. Virginia Guffrey is enticed to an island by a sex offender. And, and it all started uh, when she was 15, too. You, yeah. got, you have to bundle all. That is all bundled into one crime. That started when she was 15. Right. Lisa Page, victim. Virginia Guffrey, prostitute. That's the way they frame mm-hmm. these two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, do you think that sex robots will eliminate the need for that kind of trafficking? Can they make underage sex robots? Would that be wrong? There's already people requesting underage sex robots. I figured that that would happen, and I think that's going to cause all kinds of new problems in society. The debate over, does it get rid of the urge or does it amplify the urge? But there is a new article about sex robots today that I found where a company – what is the name of this company? The company is called Silicon Lovers, very fitting name. They use 3D (laughs) body scanners, and they have made sex bots that customers find indistinguishable – from regular people, many of their customers cannot tell these sex bots from people. So wow. we're getting there. We're almost all the way to lifelike robots. I say robots because you get a sex bot. I don't know what you're using it for. Maybe you're giving it a job. And if they get AI that can do sarcasm, we're just never going to know. <laughs> just have to force everyone you meet to eat food in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they'll put fake bellies in there, and the robots will go empty it out at night. Like on, there's a television show where they do it that way. You can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. Happy Cyber Monday, everybody. Don't spend too much, and we will talk to you tomorrow.